This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Whoa, free boat ride for three. Now, who should I take? Keith? Yes. And T-Pain. Cool. Welcome to the Grown Up Rock Podcast. We are here for the 2023 Mork Recap. The Monsters of Rock Cruise is over, and we're here to cover days three, four, and five. I urge everybody to go over to our friends at the Potter and Hell Podcast, where they covered the pre-party in days one and two. And with us on this podcast, as always, I got my trusted co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney. What's happening, Sonny? Are you recovered from the Monsters of Rock Cruise? Oh, I'm all recovered, already back at work, you know, because I'm not independently wealthy and can't go to M3 and the Gene Simmons Vegas thing and whatever else other people did. That's right. We've got some friends that are uh, international playboys that can apparently go to any concert they want at any part of the uh, world that they want. And so that's a beautiful thing. So with us tonight to help us get through this recap is some of our traveling crew. So we have our friends from the Potter and Hell podcast, Steve-O. And just to get it straight, I am not one of those international playboys that get to go to everything. We do have <laughs> one of those here, but it's not me. BC, are you the playboy? I am not the playboy. I wish I was, but I'm not. <laughs> and our new friend to the group, Richie. Richie, are you the playboy? I would like to be, but I can't say that I am. <laughs> <laughs> Which leaves us with our traveling buddy, Boo Boo. Boo Boo, tell us, how is it to be an international playboy, my friend? Well, it is very, very, uh, very good. And uh, I enjoy it. And... <laughs> That's why I never got married and never had kids, and I am selfish, I guess. We have to live and vicariously through him. Okay. There you go, and that's our boo-boo. We love him. 
<laughs> All right. Before we get too deep into the uh, weeds with the Mork recap, we're going to do tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, we're going to feature a band that was on this year's Monsters of Rock Cruise. I'm talking about Reckless Love from Finland, and I'm going to feature a song from their 2016 album Invader, and this one is called Monster. Check it out. Monkey babe with the plastic boobs and the poison in her skin. Bleeding stitches on the fresh cut wounds, I can feel her needle sting. Confident in her riding boots and behind the evil grin. Beautiful like a bad tattoo, looking like a mortal sin. A lady. So I heard this song today, and man, this band is a dictionary definition of hit and miss. I thought the song, the idea's good overall. The execution was kind of meh. The verses were good. But then, you know, we're like beauty and cutie. Like, we're right back to Ace Frehley lyrics. The chorus was meh, but then the guitar solo was great. And then I was waiting for him to end the song saying give me head he never actually said head <laughs> it's 2016 why are you like not why are you silencing yourself i don't understand the last word to the song should have been head and it would have been perfect <laughs> this was one of the songs that they played live and we'll get into their show and their performances a little bit later on in this discussion but i actually liked this song and it was really good live it came off great live I dig this song, but I agree with Sonny in terms of this band is definitely hit or miss for me on a lot of their material. If somebody asked me to describe this band, what they were on their first two albums is definitely not what they become later on. So I don't know what I would classify this band as. And we'll talk a little bit more about the closest thing that I can come up with when we get into their performances. Righty, did you have a chance to hear this song and what were your thoughts? Yeah, I checked it out. I thought it was cool. It was it did really did come off great live. And I totally agree with Sonny. You had the build up. You wanted to hear head at the end, but the video was cool. A lot of cool uh, silhouettes and all the other shit in the in the video, but good song. And and it was weird because I was thinking about it when we were on the cruise. Coming up to the cruise, I'm like, I don't want to see these guys at all because I, I had them confused with the Pretty Reckless. And I'm like, yeah, their last album was like electronic shit. Like, what the fuck? I mean, the singer's hot, but I'm like, I don't want to see that shit live, but totally not the band I thought it was. And um, yeah. we talk about them later. I, I have a different opinion, but I, I thought the song was 
song was cool. I thought it came off really good live, and the video was cool. All right. Richie, did you get a chance to check the song out? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. BC, <laughs> how about you? Did you get a chance? I did. I did. I mean, I, I liked them on the boat, and I'm, like, I'm going to agree with Steve. I mean, I like the song. It came off good live. It was very good. A band that surprised me. Boo-boo? It was okay. I'm, I kind of side with Sonny with what he said. Okay, cool. All right, so that's tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, Reckless Love. The song is Monster from 2016's Invader record. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. So that brings us into our discussion. We're going to touch base and start with day three. So day three, I'm going to go around the horn, and we're just basically going to talk about what we saw on day three. So for me personally, I'll start it off. On day three, I saw Chris Holmes while I was in the pool from the pool deck. He was on the pool deck. I sat through most of the set. I'm glad I was down low so that the uh, chainsaw overhead was not cutting my head off. I think I shared the pool with uh, you, Righty, and Tony was there as well. I thought it was it was interesting. I didn't think they sounded bad, and he had somebody. I couldn't see the whole show that was going on. I basically heard everything. They did some Wasp stuff. They did some Chris Holmes stuff. The guy that was singing the Wasp stuff wasn't Chris Holmes, thank God. Uh, it was somebody else. But, you know, look, Chris Holmes was definitely ambassador on this cruise. He was everywhere. I saw him everywhere, taking pictures, signing autographs, shaking hands, giving out hugs. He was cooking somebody a panini behind the bar at Sorrento's. I don't know. He was everywhere. So I give kudos to him for being an ambassador on his his first Mort cruise I saw Tyler Bryant in the shakedown. I got back on the boat from uh, Porta Plata uh, a little early so that I could catch that set. It was pretty identical. They played Studio B again. I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought they're a great young band. I think they're uh, very energetic, very humble, and just a bunch of great musicians. So I enjoyed that. I caught Tesla. Their first show in the theater, I thought it was decent. Uh, they opened up with change in the weather, which I thought uh, was amazing uh, to hear them open up with that because I don't think they've ever played that live before. At least I haven't seen it played live before. They had a few deeper tracks, which I like that about Tesla. They change up the set here and there. They sounded decent. Uh, so, I mean, I enjoyed that. Uh, then I went up to the pool deck for Extreme's first show. They were the Sail Away Band at Porta Plata, and they were amazing. I'll let others talk about that because they'll have their opinions, but that was, for me, one of the best shows that I saw on the cruise. Absolutely crazy. And I think everybody that was on that sailing or on that boat was literally on the deck watching that show. Then I saw clips on the pool stage at night, and... This was probably one of my biggest disappointments. Unfortunately, Eclipse was plagued with sound problems. I got a song and a half into it and couldn't take it anymore and literally walked away. And for me to walk away from an Eclipse show, that's huge because I absolutely love Eclipse. I saw three songs of Doro and she does her thing. Look, it is what it is. It's it's decent. She sounds decent, but it's just not an everyday thing for me. I think I thought it was okay. I saw Winger in the theater. 
This also was a big disappointment for me personally. There were many sound issues uh, and the show just didn't come off great in the theater. And then I finished the night with Rare Hair and I went to see three or four songs and ended up staying about an hour and a half uh, because I was enjoying it. They were good. It was great to be able to sit down in the theater and watch that, which we haven't been able to do in the past. So uh, I really enjoyed Rare Hair. Uh, let's move on to Righty. Righty, what did you see on day three, my friend? All right, day three, we were at Porta Plata, uh, myself and the Rage in the Cage. We got off the boat, myself, BC, Sonny, and um, Granza there. Hot as balls on that island. Uh, we all had, we got our, uh, our Rage in the Cage Mafia picture getting off the boat. And then Ted Poley actually stopped us on the island and said, what the fuck is the matter with you guys? Wearing all black t-shirts. You guys are going to fucking melt <laughs> by the time we get off this island. We were literally so- right. soaked through and swept by the time we got to the end of the dock. We didn't last long on the island that day, but uh, got back on the boat. We got into Grands and I went in the pool, and then so we were in the pool hanging out, shooting the shit. Chris Holmes started, so we got to listen to Chris Holmes while we were in the pool. I liked it. I thought it was uh, it was about what I expected it to be. The guy that sang the Wasp stuff sang it really well. The uh, Chris Holmes solo tunes were about what I expected, and he sang that one beer drinking song, whatever the fuck it was. I thought it was a song that Chris Holmes needs to sing, and um, I enjoyed that. I caught probably half a Tesla show in the theater. I don't usually go to see them on the boat because we get to see them a lot here in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania, but I did catch about half the show. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Jeff Keith, I think, sounded a lot better than I had heard him sing or see him sing in a while because we saw him in M3 last year, and I was not happy with their performance then. Extreme, totally kicked ass. One of the best shows on the boat, on the pool deck. Um, it was me, BC, and Granza. I think me and BC, that's when we really started to pound the fucking beers. I, I think I speak for you on that one, BC. And, uh, but it was it was fantastic. They were killer, and I'm glad that we got to see that show because their second show will be different. And um, Eclipse on the pool deck. I was baffled during that show. I was like, I enjoyed it, but the drums had me fucked up because I'm watching the drummer and he's hitting the snare, but I hear I hear like a double hit. Yep. Then we went to uh, down to Studio B. I thought Dora was fantastic but not as good as the year before. She had a couple different guys in the band, I think. Um, Johnny D was killer on drums, of course, as usual. She was good, but I, I just think it was a little more lackluster than the, than the year previously. Winger in the, in the theater. Winger's always a, a must-see for me on the, on the Monsters of Rock crew. It was always great. There were major sound problems in there. PA went out again. You could tell Kip Winger was like, what the fuck? When the show was over, he couldn't get off that fucking stage fast enough. And then me and Granza, Stephen, we saw the... We went to see the rare hair as well. I don't know how many songs we missed. They were playing fantasy when we walked in, mm-hmm. but um, Dakota Denman and I, I want to. It was Dakota Denman on guitar. It was that that guy that organizes that he played the other lead guitar, Dave Ellison. I'm not sure the dude who sang. And it was Tyler Torrey on drums. They did Hangar 18 for Megadeth. Absolutely killed it. And I didn't realize that it was Dakota Denman's birthday that day because he had made a post that you know, I, I was honored to play. Hanger 18 with Dave Ellison on my birthday and the rare hair and the rare hair was really cool. Soto got up there. He did a song from jellyfish. I was like, what is this uh-huh. song? The beginning of the song kind of sucked. And I'm like, I'm like, Grant's like, what the hell is this? But then the last part of the song was really good. I was it like, was I don't know good. this, but it was cool. Like the first song, it was like WTF. And then the rest of the song was like, Ooh. So then, um, that was my day on, um, on Monday. Um, great day. I like the port days. You kind of have a little, pause in the action 
when the boat is in, in port to, you know, to go on the island or not and go in the pool and stuff like that, that, that me and uh, Grams usually do. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, Richie, newbie, how are you on day three? What did you see? Well, it was a little, I, I think Tony and I kind of like, he kept resetting the alarm clock, 9, 9.30, 10, 10.30, 11. We had a little rough go at it. I, maybe the day before was better than I thought or I remember. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the island, it was hot as balls. Um, but as far as bands go, I'll say I, I wanted to see Tesla and I wanted because I, I like them a lot and I hate to say I missed them at every impasse on this boat. Um, I felt bad the first time. Then I got some input that maybe the vocals weren't the greatest of all time. So I kind of, you know, there's a huge catalog of musicians on the boat. So I had to like pick and choose where we were going to go. So the first big thing would be extreme on the pool stage. And I'll say I've never seen them before. I'm not a huge extreme fan, but I'm a guitar player. So that's, you know, pleasantly surprised they, they killed it awesome musicianship great show i i can't say anything more about it than that it was awesome interacted with some friends that i haven't seen in a long time spent some time drinking some beers and lost track of everything across the day doro i think i've seen her once before it's good like you said somebody said you know you see it a few songs into it it, it is what it is it's a little anthem ish for me with the rah 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 i like the songs that i like I think she did them well. She's easy on the eyes. It's good. Winger, yeah, Kip wasn't happy with the sound. He's a professional, to quote himself. So that was that. And um, I don't know what the fuck happened after that. Because <laughs> that was like 10.30, 11 o'clock. I'm looking at the rest of the list, and I, I don't remember seeing any of that other stuff after that. So I don't know what happened. Maybe that was a good mm -hmm. night. It was a good night. <laughs> All right, so uh, Richie got uh, fallen down drunk. That leaves us with BC. BC, uh, what did you see? Record, just so you know. I'm gonna... <laughs> I did not pick him up once. I met up with Kevin Williams, and we started drinking. Surprise. Uh, not beer. So we started drinking a little harder stuff, and we were they were going down. And then uh, we were there for Chris Holmes, and Chris Holmes came up. The drinks continued to go down more and more and more. And uh, after that, 
somehow me and Kevin got down into the junkyard show, which the booze continued to go more and more and more. <laughs> and then uh, we went back up to the extreme, which is, they're always good. I mean, phenomenal. And then, uh, again, Monday was the hardcore drinking day, I think, for me at least. Well, that's the night the BC was falling asleep at the dinner table at the dining room. Was it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Was that Jack and Coke? Oh, lots of Jack and uh-huh. Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, BC was drinking Jack and Coke all day Monday, and he handled it like a champ. I heard he had a timeout nap at some point, but other than that, he yeah, handled it he like did. a champ. Grants and I were walking oh, through, yeah. and Grants was like, look at this guy. He's fucking passed out. I'm like, that's BC. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, was. he was on one of those beds in the the, the quiet area. Hey, so we woke him up. And take a five-minute continued quiet on. Day, He did good after the pit stop. He was good to go for yeah. the rest of the night. Yeah, then we did uh, Eclipse. I mean, they're good. I mean, like I said, the sound wasn't the best, but you're up on the pool stage. You, you got to expect that. We shot down to Doro. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Johnny D. I love watching him play. I said it, it, was, it was not as great as the – the studio bead from the first year. They need to get that bass player back. Yeah, he has the lefty bass player. Yeah, he brings he brings uh, a different vibe, I think, to the band. And then the, the original guitar player, I think, remember he came up. Yeah, he, he's wild. He was good. And then we went to see, of course, Winger. Because that's the that's the band that Glenn Danzig's grandson played guitar. Oh really? Yeah. We're aging. That's what we're quoting grandchildren in these bands now. Ain't that bad? Remember the dude? He looked just like he looked like just like Glenn Dan- like a young version of Glenn Danzig. Yeah. But uh, then we went through a studio, or uh, not studio, be uh, the Royal Theater for Winger, and uh, I mean, hey, it was there was good. I mean, again, it was a little, a little, some problems, but overall, very good show. And I'm in the same boat as Richie. I don't remember nothing after that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys said right here. I'm like, I never. Saw I didn't see none of that. I never saw that. Where was I? Who knows? How about you, Boo Boo? What did you see on day three? I thought Holmes was really good, better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I wish the other guy just sang all the songs. Um, <laughs> I told him that. But, but other than that, he, he was way better than I thought. Then I hooked up with. I got I to gotta just interject real quick. When we were watching Chris Holmes, he come out and they they started doing On Your Knees. So we sat up on the on the oh, edge yeah. of the pool, right? So this this girl gets up and she sits up next to me and they're singing On Your Knees. And she taps me on and she goes, that's where I'm going to be tonight. <laughs> like, all right. Yes. Did you get a cabin number? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Uh, fail. I did not. I'm a married man, buddy. <laughs> so after that, after Holmes, I went and I was hanging out with Kevin. BC and Kevin. Kevin at that English pub. And that's when they started drinking. Well, BC started drinking the Jack and Coke and it was going down one after another. And I'm like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> and then we went to see Junkyard in the Star Lounge. That was better than I thought it was going to be. Because you showed out in a, Yeah, I just sat in a chair, chair in the back and put my feet up and just relaxing. And I we just listened to it and I thought it was really good. It, worked. Um, it was out of breath. Then we went to Extreme, which, you know, you can't go around seeing Extreme. And then Eclipse on the pool stage. And there was issues in the beginning, but I didn't want to leave because I was like second row. So and I we really right up there. Yeah, and I really enjoy Eclipse, and I, I didn't want to have that ruin ruin the experience. So I just kind of I was more visual than than than, but it did straighten out towards the end. So it all worked out. And then we ran down to Doro, which I can watch her work all day. Then we went to Winger with some issues, eh. but it was still good. I can sit and watch Red Beach play guitar all day. And then me and Steve went to see Rare Hair, which was surprisingly entertaining. It was fun to see Todd playing drums. And he was, he was really good. Everybody was good. 
You know, it was a good mix because you didn't know what was coming out. And then, what's your name? Gabby? Gabrielle? She came out and she sang a song and she was fantastic. Um, she sang Heart. She sang She heart. sang Crazy on You. Crazy heart. on You. Yeah. And that was fantastic. And then, uh, I don't know if we went to get something to eat towards the end of the night. I'm after. sure we did. And then that was it. So yeah. Monday was a good day. All right. So, Sonny, bring us uh, bring us to a close here on day three. What did you see? Uh, what was it all about for you? I'll start by saying I love you, Larry, and I love the Monsters of Rock Cruise because it's not going to sound like that when I'm done. <laughs> so, yeah, we were on the island. You already got hot as balls. I came back, took a shower, got my picture with Burning Witches. So at some point, there will be a photo experience picture of me and the Burning Witches. I went up to see Chris Holmes. The singer sang the first song, and I'm like, all right, there's a bit of promise here. And then back-to-back, Holmes singing, I was out. Right? I get it. He was an ambassador on the boat. Okay, if he wants to be Chris Julie McCoy Holmes, then let's pay him to do that. Right? But him being on the stage singing is not a good idea. Um, afterwards I went, checked out Tyler Bryant. I thought it was good blues rock listable, nothing super flashy. There's probably about a hundred, 125 people in that room. Let me, uh, ask you a quick question. Who else, because you didn't just get a picture with burning witches. Who else was in that group? That was it. It was just them. They were shutting it down. I was the last guy in and I said, look, I just need a picture with Courtney. Can you help me? And I was wearing a burning witches shirt and they go, yeah, 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 go ahead. And everybody else was gone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So after Tyler Bryan, I went to Tesla and, you know, I'm a Bay Area guy. That first album came out in my high school graduation year. I thought the band sounded great. Jeff is sounding more like Stephen Piercy every fucking day. It is brutal to hear him sing. And that new song, Miles Away, oh my God, was that song bad. I don't have a reason to ever see Tesla live again. I'm done with Tesla. I just did not enjoy it. So then I went to go see Extreme. Extreme absolutely killed. I only got one problem with Extreme, and that is we didn't need a five-minute Nuno Betancourt musical interlude in the middle of it. Like, we would have got another song. So I don't know why they did that. They didn't have to do that. We, we could have, yeah, I don't know. But besides that, Extreme killed. Eclipse. I was standing right next to Boo Boo, ready for the show. First song comes, Kevin Williams is standing right next to me. There's something off. We kind of get through the first song, second song starts. I'm like, there is something off. I cannot. It sounded like kind of a muffled mess to me up front. So Kevin and I go upstairs on deck 12 to see the pool stage down. It wasn't much better up there. Now, I'm not a musician. Kevin is. So Kevin said, let me tell you what's happening right now. The drummer has a snare and bass click track in his ears. And he's playing to that click track, but he's about a half a second to a second behind the click track. The problem is the click track is feeding to the audience and him playing is feeding to the audience. The band is playing to what he's playing because that's what's coming through the monitors. So that's why we kept hearing ta-ta-ta-ta-ta on the snare and the on the drums. And when it went faster, it was just like he was running on the drums. Yeah. And I talked to a couple of people that said that they were literally feet away from the soundboard and there were two or three guys arguing over the the soundboard yeah. for the first three songs. So something was definitely, definitely screwed up on their set. Yeah. So I, I stayed till about four songs and I'm like, I, I can't listen to this because I, I can't 
get this drum thing out of my head to where I can enjoy the songs. So then we go to Winger, and Winger had similar sound issues, and yeah, Kip was not happy. I thought the band sounded great. It's just a shame that they had sound problems. So after having back-to-back shows with sound problems, I just went and closed down the casino. I didn't see anything else that night. I'm like, I'm closing down this casino till they tell me to get the fuck out, and then I'm going to bed. And that's what I did Monday. Reb was so mad at that winger show. He kept stopping a couple of times. He would go over and he would he would tell Kip, man, I don't know what's going on. They're they're screwing us. He was mad. Both him and Kip were super mad during that show. That was two concerts in a row for me that literally were ruined by sound issues. Two concerts that I was very much looking forward to hearing. Yeah. Well, so that is day three. Anything else eventful happen on day three that anybody wants to share? Or are we good? And we're moving on to day four. Roll it. Roll it. On to day four. Let's start with you, Sonny. Since you closed out day three, what did you see on day four? Kick us off. All right. So day four, uh, there was a couple of bands on the beach because we had landed at uh, Labadee. The plan was that Marvin would open up the beach show and Eclipse would kind of be the headliner. Marvin was okay. We walked up there playing a few songs, whatever. Eclipse, uh, it was basically just uh, Magnus and Eric. We were worried that we were going to be late for whatever reason, but then they were on the elevator with us. So it was like, okay, well, I guess we're not late since they're on the elevator. Those two are two peas in a pod. I mean, they sound great together. They must play a lot together. They obviously write a lot of songs together. They did a bunch of Eclipse songs that sounded great. They did Del Shannon's Runaway, which was awesome. They sounded absolutely great. Then I came back, and I saw Reckless Love, and the songs come off a lot better live. There were some back of, uh, backing vocal tracks. Who cares? It sounded good. Ollie, the front man, the, the dude is somewhere between Millie Matijevich from Steelheart and David Lee Roth. Like he's kind of a mix between the two good looking guy, a lot of stage presence and, uh, kind of really made the show happen while this is going on though. We don't know this as the folks that are talking on here because we didn't see the basketball game, but as this is happening, a basketball game is happening where Nuno gets hurt and Nuno hurt his knee. We saw the video look like he was either trying to block the shot or go for a missed rebound, but the shot made it and came down on his knee funky and bam, he was out for the count. So I didn't see the second extreme show. Uh, so I don't know how that played out. I'll let somebody else talk about that, but that's happening while I'm kind of while this time frame is happening after reckless love. I actually saw Lee Aaron saw a couple of songs. I didn't think they had a lot of oomph and it wasn't super memorable. I heard the resume pitch 
they're just not arena rocker type songs. I would say if, if she's trying to be Pat Benatar, like Canada's Pat Benatar, she's more like Canada's Tiffany than she is Pat Benatar to me. There's this power line song that sounded just like you give love a bad name. I think I turned to Steve and I go, was that you give love a bad name? Right? So I, I just didn't see what all the hubbub was, to be honest. Went from Learen to Treat. Uh, Magnus was on guitar uh, because their guitar player, I guess, didn't make it. Uh, they're a bit older, especially the singer. Music was good. Singer was good. Had good energy. Songs were good. Uh, nothing that knocked my socks off, but very watchable. Then went to Winger on the pool stage, and they absolutely killed. I was up front. I only lasted about four songs and then had to go to the back because the sun was beating down on my head. But goddamn, can Reb fucking sing. Like, his mic was loud, and they had the set list was great. It was very similar to the set list they did in the theater, but they didn't have all the problems that they had in the theater. And then they did a medley, too, which was great. After Winger, I went to Nestor. Everybody had like sparkly things on, which was a little weird because we walked into the theater and people had like glasses flashing and like headset thingies flashing. And I guess Nestor handed out goodies at the beginning and then you could kind of turn them on and they kind of gave this 80s flair in the audience of people flashing, which I thought was a great idea. Nestor absolutely killed. They're just as good, every bit as good as last year, added a few songs, had a ton of energy, did a cover of I Want to Dance with Somebody, fucking awesome. Just a great, great show. I went from Nestor to Cruel Intentions, and goddamn, it is going from a tomahawk steak to a burger that was in a piece of shit. <laughs> Cruel Intentions were fucking brutal. It was like a faster, faster pussycat to me. I absolutely hated it. I, I stayed for like two or three songs. I'm like, I'm out. I, I couldn't do anymore. Uh, after that, went to Punchlines and Backlines because this time Red Beach was going to be on stage. Very similar. Courtney killed. One guy did not mention in his name. I thought Reb did well. Did a lot of great impressions. Did some voices. I would say Latori probably did better, but that probably has to do with Latori's a front man and has a little more practice at it. Maybe Reb isn't, but uh, I thought Reb did well. And then I closed out the night with Queensryche, which they did a completely different set. It had hits. It had a lot more energy. The only thing about Queensryche, Mike is using that Frankenstrat, and I shouldn't have a problem with it, but it for some reason... The Frankenstrat's got to basically be retired with Eddie being gone. I don't think it's okay for anybody else to play it, especially a professional musician. That was the Van Halen 2 guitar, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah the black with the yellow. Yeah, it was yeah. the Frankenstrat. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying, like, unless you're in a Van Halen tribute band, I think any Frankenstrat's basically got to be retired because it looks weird for another professional musician playing it. He played it well, don't get me wrong, and I thought Queensryche did. They were better on the second show than they were the first to me. But that, that part a little bugged me. And then I closed out the night at the casino, met my new friend Nina from Montana. And uh, I think I was gambling to like two in the morning. It was a busy day. You skipped right over Fast the Pussycat, by oh, the way. That's because I didn't go to that piece of shit. Ass pollution <laughs> did not have me in attendance. <laughs> I'm just checking. I just make sure. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Righty. Righty, what did you see on day four? All right. Day four, Labadee. Had a good time there. Like Sonny said, we were worried we were going to be late for Eclipse. They were on the elevator with us. So. Although that was when Sonny steered them to the wrong to the wrong stage. I steered them to the right stage. I said, follow the road. If they would have followed the road, that had been fine. Well, well if, the if they road. went to the stage that Sonny said, they would have been playing on the landing for the fucking uh, zip <laughs> lines. 
anyway, um, mm-hmm. that was cool. That they're, they're showing the was cool. We we got to see our our friend John Clark there. Uh, him and his lovely wife were there, so we got a cool picture with with those guys. And um, Eclipse was really good uh, acoustic on the island. We saw Reckless Love. They were I thought they were really good live. We saw them in Studio B. I thought they were really cool. Then we got to see um, Lee Aaron in the empty theater, pretty much. And I don't think she was a good fit for Mork. I, I really, she was too pop rock, like she said, more Pat Benatar than like than Doro. It was it was okay, but I mean, I, I felt bad because like literally, there was like maybe not even a quarter of the theater filled when when they played on the stage. They would have been better Studio B or Star Lounge. I think they would have been a a better better place. You could have thrown someone someone other in the theater than than those guys for their treat. They were okay. I thought they were good. They. I was a little disappointed in them. I thought they were going to be the band that the whole boat was going to be buzzing about. There's usually that band that everyone's like, oh, my God, you got like when we first saw Heat and we first saw Eclipse, you're like, these are the guys you got to see. I was a little underwhelmed by them. They were good. They were really good, but I was a little underwhelmed by them because I think my expectations were maybe a little too high for them because the studio stuff that I listened for these guys were great. They were good, but they weren't great. We were at the pool stage. We don't need the solos for Winger. We don't. We don't need that. The medley was cool. I like when they do that. It's it's uh, something different in the set. And they mentioned in the first show that they were like not doing it in that, but they would do it for the next show. I thought it was cool. Winger, always great. Nestor, I forgot how cool Nestor was live. I really, we saw them on the pool stage. We were like, this is good. We really got into it because even Richie was like, yeah, I, I like these guys like right off and the never, bat. Never even seen yeah. or heard. Didn't yeah. know who the fuck they were. Cruel Intentions, they were okay for me. They were a little too punk for me but there were kevin williams absolutely fucking loved those guys he thought they were great the comedy show we did with we went up i don't think granza hit that one with us i think you i think you missed that one it was me and bc we we got our, our table that we had the night before yeah, he was at Piercy. We watched oh you were yeah we were actually steven Piercy was playing we were watching you over the top of you guys and the, the comedy show was great red beach was fantastic I do think Todd was was a little better. Maybe I'm a little biased because of Todd, but his stories were cool. His voices were cool doing the David Coverdale, <laughs> but uh, that butted up against Queensrÿche. So me and BC, soon as Reb was done, me and BC were shot out of a fucking gun right down to Queensrÿche. We missed the first three songs. We ended up two people from the front of the stage by the end of the show, and I took a shitload of pictures. Uh, Michael Wilton and the band tweeted some of my pictures out that I took from that show. I enjoy the fuck out of that show. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. When Queen's Rack was over, me and BC, we shot up to the Star Lounge real quick. We caught maybe the last song and a half of Vane, um, which was sounded good, but we didn't get to, to really check that out. And that was another beer, another bar. Had a great day on, on Tuesday. All right, Richie, how about you? What'd you see on day four? All right. Another day, hot as balls for like the white guy that I am on that <laughs> island. He's got to like run for the shade. Um, but in any case... Found a good spot over underneath that little tiki thing there over where Eclipse was playing. So we saw them. I'd never even heard of them. They were beating me up before this whole trip even started. (laughs) And Grant is like forwarding me, you know, sound clips and this and that and blah, 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 blah. So um, good show. Happy there. We jumped off the island pretty quick. I caught a little bit of Rose Tattoo on the pool stage. The little angry man for what he does is he does it good. I'm not a huge fan. A couple songs I know sounded decent. For what they are. Um, I skipped the Lee Aaron thing for the fact that I saw them on the pool stage, didn't blow my skirt up. Liliac. So, to be a YouTube tour on that I am with some stuff, I, I had to at least experience it. I went with Kevin Williams. He bailed on me halfway through. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, I didn't see that, Bob. But um, 
they, they do what they do good too. It was all right. Next big thing for me was Winger um, on the pool stage. They killed it. They fixed the sound problems. They fixed whatever problems they had, whatever. I mean, not that they had problems, but very good show. Excellent players. It was great. After that, let's see. Where'd we go? Oh, we had dinner in between that. Did we? Yeah, we had the dining room deal. So that that, that kind of stretched things out. So Kicks, who I had shuffled off the first time because I ran into friends, I wanted to make sure. Because I... I hate to say it. I don't think I've seen them since the fucking 80s. So I was I could not go and not see kicks. So saw them on the pool stage. Thought they killed it. Good job. Um, Nestor, like Wrighty said, I never even heard of these guys. Pleasantly surprised. They're like one of my surprise hits from the boat, to be honest with you. The sound, performance, everything else. Pleasantly surprised. I, too, skipped Faster Pussycat at the Star Lounge in favor for Stephen Piercy at the pool stage, where... Me and Boo Boo managed to get like front row, like right up at the stage. I guess Stephen Piercy dried out from the couple of shows before <laughs> that and um, actually put on a pretty reasonable performance. The dude's 70. Cut the guy some slack. I mean, come on. He's you not know, 70. The no motherfucker one. is almost 70 years old, if not 70 already. I'm telling you right now, Google it. I will. I have my you, phone. You don't have your phone. You're <laughs> so the band, great. They're not rat, but you know what? I have a soft spot for the whole deal. As a fan and as a listener, and cruise goer, I thought it was a great show. The, I'll say the crowd was packed, and the crowd response was very good. Um, we made our way to Queensryche again. Boo Boo managed to weasel us all the way up to the front again. He must have something. I don't know what's going on with this guy. <laughs> again, that set list. I mean, they were phenomenal. I, I'm a Queensryche fan since the '80s. Seen every incarnation of them. Phenomenal. There you go. See, yeah. I was pretty close. Stephen right? Piercy is 66. 66. God damn it. Queensryche show. Let's face it. The players are great. I think like BC, I think said, you know, the drummers finally got this groove. Very hard shoes to fill because Scott Rockenfield, right. and me as a musician, right. knowing, and I'm a guitar player, but as you knowing distinctive, very distinctive, very unorthodox methods and, and of playing. Very hard shoes to fill. Uh, I'm a Jeff Tate fan, but Todd does a killer job, and I'm very happy for Queen of the Rock to take hold of the flame. That's what I wanted to hear and see. So it was good. Um, after that, shit must have went sideways. I don't know what happened after that because that show was over by midnight and maybe that was somehow somebody bought me shots up at that Viking club. That was the next night. Ah, uh, well, whatever. That was the last night. I don't know. There was, <laughs> no, there was two nights that that happened. So I oh, yeah. All right, B- All right, BC, you're up. All righty. Uh, Tuesday, we went to the island, of course, and uh, got harassed by the Adians or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Haitians or... Do they want to braid your hair? Yeah, they want to do a lot of things to my hair. <laughs> but uh, we saw Eclipse play a little bit, and then uh, me and Steve headed back to the, the boat. Reckless Love, which I, I was surprised. I, I thought they were very good. I remember sitting in a little bit of Lee Aaron, but they said there might have been 40 people there, but she did not fit in the Royal Theater. Treat, which I was I, I was looking forward to seeing Treat, because there's somebody I never saw before. Uh, overall, not not bad. A uh, pretty good band. I mean, and then we I went up to the pool stage for Winger, which, hey, come on, it's Winger. You know that. And then there's a big blankness in my page here. And Richie said we went to dinner. That makes sense now. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I think we did. And then uh, we saw Nestor. We caught some cruel intentions, which I don't know. They're they're a little too new for me. I think I the vocals were bad. Vocals were. Yeah, the vocal, if the vocals were better, it might have caught me a little bit more. But bleh. We went to the punchlines in the 
back lines and uh, we were there for that and uh, I think Reb was good I mean I like I like the way uh, a little Reb <laughs> when he did uh, David Coverdale and during that we were watching Stephen Piercy along with Rich and uh, Chris Granza down the bottom but uh, after that went by Queen's right Hey, you know why that Piercy show seemed like it was better? Because you couldn't hear it. Exactly. You couldn't hear it. You were watching it from the freaking Viking Lounge. <laughs> there I, you go. I think that Will Hunt, the drummer, is phenomenal. He, he Even the first, He's first killer. show. He killed Will it. Hunt is good, but a drummer doesn't make a great band. What's your tone? It doesn't hurt. What's your tone? <laughs> Dude, they, Rush fans would make the differ. Oh. <laughs> All right. So that's it for you. How about you, Boo Boo? Well, um, let's see. Did the Island, did the Eclipse acoustic, which I can listen to that all day. It was fantastic. After that, we came back in. I caught a little bit of treat. They were okay, I guess. And then uh, caught a little bit of winger. Then we went for dinner. And then after that, we went, me and Rich went to the pool stage to see Stephen Piercy and we were up front. I'm a big Piercy fan. I'm, I, I love rat. They're one of my, you know, one of my favorites actually. And just for the record in 2021, Piercy had cancer. He went through a whole bunch of medical shit that he's now just admitting that he's clean of cancer and everything. So the guys had a rough go. Okay. So let's give him some slack. And this performance was a hundred times better than probably the last, five, six, seven, eight times that I've seen him. So it was a very big difference of a performance. Different energy on the pool stage. It was. And he sounded good. He was smiling. He moved around a lot. It, it was just, it was a great Pleasant show. Experience. It was. It, it was. I'm glad because I was looking forward to seeing him. Can I interject just a minute? Let if me you must, wrap if with you. you. Must, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Let, let me wrap with you because you said something about Piercy and I want to, I want to clarify some things because I, too, am a huge Rat fan. Rat is a top 10 band for me personally. Uh So I love Rat. Uh Here's my issue. And as far as the cancer with Piercy and all that stuff goes, look, anytime somebody's dealing with that, then my heart goes out to him. But the guy's a professional singer, right? He's a professional singer. His job is to perform. If you can't do that, you can't do that. I don't think that he should get a pass, right? Because... You're either good or you're not. And on top of that, you could do a lot of things. If you lack a little bit in the singing department, you could be a better ambassador. You could play to your people. And by your people, I mean your community that has embraced you and given you a career. So for me, as a fan, I look for things like that. I may not love Ted Poley. I don't dislike him. I may not love everything he does. But I can definitely respect the guy because he's out there pressing the flesh. When you get on the boat and your first statement is to set up a meet and greet that you want to charge a hundred bucks for to sign something or to take a picture or whatever the deal was, that's your first statement to the community that gave you a career. And then on top of it, you're going to be, let's say, lackluster in your performance, at least on the first performance, you're going to be lackluster and He's never been a great singer live. That goes back to his days in rap personally. So I've accepted that way back when. Uh, And I still love rap and I still will go see it. But I don't think it's fair to say, let's give the guy a pass because he had cancer because he had a rough go. A lot of people have rough goes and, and cancer and they, you know, they power 
through it, but he could have done a lot for that community and embracing that community. And nobody would have thought twice about the performances. I don't think. I think that they would have lightened up on the performances. That's my only comment. I mean, listen, uh, like what you like, dislike what you like. But that's my personal comment towards that is I don't he's a professional. He gets paid to do a job. I don't think that he deserves a pass on top of just coming on the boat and going, hey, it's a 100 bucks to take a picture with me, uh, you know stuff like that that drives me nuts uh and as as we said earlier on it it set up precedents that i don't think is is good for that particular cruise but i said my piece i'm sorry for interrupting but i wanted to get it in there at the time that you were talking about it so carry on boo boo sorry i'm gonna do a little rebuttal okay um, fair and, and I, I didn't care for the hundred hour meet and greet either that's why i chose not to do it and for him to, to, I'm not saying that he, he, you know, he's getting a pass. He could have just easily, if he wasn't feeling well, just said, fuck it, I'm not going to play and, and kind of put it off and maybe try to do it again. But if he suffered through it, he suffered through it. And I'm sure there are people that did enjoy it. I think this group of individuals that we have, I think we're probably a little bit more critical than most average fans, I would say, because yeah. this is what we do all the time. And we just not nitpick, but we... We observe the details. We're not just radio listeners. Right, right. So it's, it's, we're you not know, hits. We're, right. we're not here for right. hits. We're I, here because I'm, I'm just saying that his, is, you know, health issues, just same with, with Don Doc and went through all that stuff and everything. And sometimes you don't know that when they're going through it because they don't want to embarrass themselves or tell people and they just struggle through it just to try to cope. And listen, that's, that's the way he's making money. This is, you know, I don't think he's making anything off of records anymore, obviously. So this is what he needs to do to survive. So you can't blame the guy for trying to make a living. And if eight people paid for it, that's $800 yeah, that he can pay his rent for next yeah. month. I, I don't know. But as far as the performance, it was one of his best performance in many years that I have seen. Stephen Piercy, on top of it, just to add in at the end, he's never been a super eloquent individual. He's no. always been like that rock star, punky, attitude-ish, right. like cocky fucker. To begin with. Right. So I hate to say it. I mean, not that I like it or I agree with it, but I think the persona guy follows through with the way he's acting. Yeah. Just like yeah. who so, he is. So. But it, I enjoyed it. It's what I expected. I, I was if it if it sucked, I would have been very disappointed. But it was far he from sucking. Yeah, you know, right. it was it was probably one of the highlights because I was so close and I and I and it was a good performance. It looked like you guys were still up in the the comedy show, which I really wanted to see because I love Red Beach and I love the way that Courtney runs that comedy show. 
And, and that's the only one that I missed so far since she's been doing it on the cruise. And, and I wish I was able to see it. But I, Piercy was, was that good that I just couldn't pull myself away. I, I actually told Rich, I said, I'm going to go up. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm like, all right, well, yeah, and, and we, 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 no, we stayed, you know. So then after that, we turned around. We walked right into the theater. We got front row for Queensryche. And that was a fantastic show. And then actually I missed uh, – Missed, uh, I've saw Nestor too before Piercy, and Nestor is fantastic. I'll go see them every time that they play. So then we ended up with with Queens Lake, and they the the set list was really really good. I didn't know a lot of the songs, but I knew most of the songs. And uh, when they do Walk in the Shadows, that's that pretty much seals the deal for me for the show. They did that too. Walk with you know? me, and that, that's my favorite Queens Queens Lake song. So if I hear that played live. I'm good to go. It's a good Queensryche show. Todd, Todd was right in front of us, and he was—he actually gave uh, what's her name a kiss. Oh, Courtney, Courtney, Courtney. She was crying. Yeah, Courtney. <laughs> she was yes. standing right, right in front of us, right on the other side of the rail by the steps. And then I think we went to the casino bar, and and then I think we and, went up and to, drank them out of beer again. <laughs> I went up to the karaoke bar. You guys, afterwards. I didn't go up. And that was fun last night. And then that was it. And I went to bed. That was my All right. Good for you. Okay, so. I'll cover what I saw on day four because I haven't discussed uh, what I was seeing. So we've been to that island several times, uh, my wife and I. And for this time, for the first time, we were able to find this little area that was off to the right of the boat. It was fantastic because it was quiet. It was like a private beach and the snorkeling was great. The water was great. So we hung out there for probably an hour and a half, two hours maybe before we made our way up to the stage where Eclipse was going to play. We had lunch. We watched Eclipse. Loved it. They did a cover of Europe's Prisoner in Paradise, I think, didn't they? Yes. Which I thought was really cool and, and unique, uh, as well as some other stuff that they normally do. I, I thought it was a good acoustic set. I enjoyed it. Uh, but then I made my way back on ship to catch Reckless Love. That was my goal. I will, for here on out, be referring to Reckless Love as Chippendale Rock. This is a new genre that I'm going to start, Chippendale Rock. So these, <laughs> these guys are, were decked out in like Miami Vice type, uh, you know, hats and fedoras and and pants. And I, I don't know. They look like rock stars is my point. They looked great. Their music, like I said, is hit or miss for me. But overall, I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was a very professional show. I think their last four songs were probably their best songs in the set, uh, which I really, really enjoyed. They sounded good. They looked good, but I swear to God, at some point, I was waiting for that singer to rip away his pants. My wife was making me take pictures of the singer. She's like, take a picture of that guy. Show you, blame it on her. (laughs) She'll tell you. You She'll tell you. All right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But yeah, they they were really good. I I enjoyed them. I made my way to see Lee Aaron in the uh, theater. I'll give you a quick background with Lee Aaron and myself. So Lee Aaron was one of those artists when I was growing up that got these imports in the record store. And her first album, which was entitled Metal Queen, had her on the album cover with the sword. And she was kind of in this like loincloth type thing. And she looked amazing. So that was my first encounter with Lee Aaron. So I was like, oh, I got to have that. 
back in the early days, she was a Canadian import on Attic Records. Back in the early days, she was metal at that point. Now, she's evolved like a lot of other artists. She's evolved over the years to this, what you guys described as sort of this pop rock individual, which is uh, very accurate, your description of her. I was super looking forward to seeing her on the boat. I went to this show at the theater and I was super underwhelmed. Uh, it just wasn't, it was super boring for me. I lasted maybe three songs, three or four songs, and I, they didn't sound bad. It was just really sort of boring. She looks great, by the way. She still looks great. Uh, and she's got to be probably in her late 50s, 60s, somewhere in there, I would guess. Then I made my way to Treat. I enjoyed Treat like the rest of you. There was nothing that just like, I, I didn't get a wow factor from them. It was good. That's about as far as I can say it. It wasn't great, but it was good. I enjoyed the music. And Magnus, he's got to be the, one of the hardest working people on this Mork, man. He's How many shows did that dude play? I mean, he played two Eclipse shows plus the acoustic show. He played two Jeff Soto sets with uh, the wet and the talisman he played a full set with treat am i missing anything because that's six sets right there did he do any part of rare hair uh no he didn't he and eric didn't take part in rare hair so he he was i mean he and eric both but he did he went the extra mile by playing the full set with treat so really really busy uh guys on this cruise uh winger on the pool stage, much better performance than in the theater, basically because there weren't the sound issues, right? So they sounded great. The sun was hot as shit, but they were good. I made my way to Cruel Intentions. I didn't feel the same way Sonny did, which I kind of knew that ahead of time. I enjoyed Cruel Intentions. I think they're a great band. I think they've got a lot of punk attitude. I get where the singer is just annoying to some people and they can't take his voice. I do understand that, but I like a lot of their melodies because there's a lot of pop melodies in their kind of raw sound, and I like that a lot. Uh, they've got two records that I think have a lot of great music on them. So I really enjoyed The Cruel Intentions. Then we went from that to the comedy show, and we missed the one with uh, Todd LaTorre, but we were making sure that we weren't going to miss this one with Reb Beach. You know, I know we're friends with Courtney, and I've, I've said this many times. Even if we weren't friends with Courtney, I really enjoy this comedy show. I think Courtney's funny. I think the idea is perfect. This punchlines and backlines thing. I think the idea itself is, is great. I think this will be the third show that we've seen on Mork. And I think all three shows have been great. Uh, we just really enjoy my wife and I enjoy the diversion from all the concerts and stuff. So it's a nice change of pace. It's funny. Courtney's funny. It's well run. Uh, I actually sort of wish maybe it was in like a little bit bigger place, but I don't really know where else they would put it. Maybe the star lounge, but Courtney says that's not good because it's too wide of a room and wouldn't work well. But at any rate, it's, it's always been enjoyable and I hope she has cemented uh, herself and this this uh, punchlines and backlines into being part of Mork every year because at this point I I wouldn't like it without it uh, I just think it's too good of a addition to Mork. 
And then from there, uh, I made it down to the pool stage because this was the makeup show for Shiraz Lane on the pool stage. And I'll be honest, when we got on the boat, the first thing we did, we went down the promenade. We ran into all the guys in Shiraz Lane sitting in the pub. And like Hannes came from around the table and gave me a hug, gave Jen a hug. They were quick to remember. Uh, just super nice, super uh, sociable, just really, really nice guys. And ran into them many, many more times uh, on the cruise and always nice. Their show on the pool deck was probably one of the better shows that I saw on the boat. They were really good. However, they were super loud and the bass was so damn loud that it just, it, Jen had to get off that little riser thing because she could feel it. It was so pumping through your whole body because we were kind of down in front. But I will say, that the amount of growth that the band has done from the last time that they were on more to this time is pretty crazy. Their performance, their stage show, the two guitar players, the way they moved on stage together, Hannes's presentation, just really, really good. I really enjoyed Shiraz Lane a lot. So that was the last thing that I saw on day four. Uh, and like Steve said earlier, I think we made it to bed two o'clock every night, which is really rough. <laughs> we interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Look at all the people here tonight. Oh, man, I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, everybody. So that was day four. As you can tell, we got a little long in the tooth because there was a lot of passionate feelings about the bands and what we all saw. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut it here, and then we are going to put the rest of day five and the closing and the historic moment in our next episode, which will be released tomorrow. That's right, Stephen. 
That is correct. There's a lot of information to share, and we just could not stop sharing. So a lot of people were involved in this, and what was originally planned as one big, long episode just became way too long. And we didn't think that any of you guys wanted to listen to us in one sitting that much. So we divided it up for you, just like Sonny said. So shall we get on with the uh, day five starting tomorrow? Yeah, so just like when you used to watch Three's Company or the A-Team, to be continued. Tomorrow. Cheers. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.